Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. You like this podcast, don't you? And you're thinking about doing a podcast yourself. Let me tell you how easy it is to do this with Anchor. First off, the money's right. It's free. Zero cost. Secondly, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. Bonus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'd get you back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back for part two. This time we are discussing what happened after the shot rang out. So if you are just now joining us, this is the first podcast you've ever jumped in on, then you must, you must go back and listen to part one. Because in part one, what I dig into is all the important stuff and some really interesting historical narrative about Simon Kenton, his buddy Strader, and Jaeger, and their uh, foray into um, the frontier, what we call western Pennsylvania and Kentucky and, and everything along the Ohio River now. But back then, it was all the frontier and no man's land for most. So yeah, uh, again, thanks for joining us here on Nature Reliance Media Podcast. This is Craig Cottle. I'm your host today, solo, and very glad to be here. Uh, just a quick word of support for the podcast. Hey, do us a do us a solid, do us a hashtag HBO, and share this podcast with those that you think may be interested in it. Matter of fact, just share it with people you don't think are interested in it. <laughs> that really helps us out. If you share the podcast on your social media, give us a five star review and all that kind of good stuff. And big kudos, big thanks to the supporters that we've had that have thrown in these $5 a month supports. Golly, man, that's just humbling for me and Tracy. We've been tickled to death with that. And it's it's making the doing of these podcasts a whole lot more 
easy to do if we can make some money doing it. You know, Nature Reliance School has always been committed to doing things for free and to do things at a cost. And we committed to doing that when we started. We've always done that. We still do some things for free and don't charge anything. But quite frankly, the only way we can do that is to make money elsewhere. So if you can support the podcast, thank you. If you can't, the way you can support the podcast without spending the dime is to share it and tell other people about it. So yeah, I'm doing everything I can to guilt you into doing that. So please do it. We need you. Share it. Subscribe. Five-star review. All right, let's get into it. I left us from part one. And again, if you are just now joining, you've got to listen in part one or you won't understand where all this information is coming from. Okay, you just got to go. Go back. Listen to it first. A shot rang out. Now, let's get into what happens next. One vivid picture stood out always in Simon's mind, John Yeager slowly falling forward into the fire while the painted Indians read toward them, waving their tomahawks and screeching. It was that one second during which he was getting going. Almost simultaneously with a shot, he burst out of the half-faced camp into the darkening, rainy March evening and took to the woods. He did not stop until he was incapable of going another step. All right, now, just to refresh our memories, if it's been a while since you listened to part one, my man Simon is standing here with nothing on but a shirt. He doesn't have any shoes on, no moccasins, doesn't have his leggings on, he doesn't have any underwear on, doesn't have his breech cloth on, he doesn't have a knife, he doesn't have a rifle, he doesn't have jack squat, and my man is out running in the dark. Okay, so let's go back to this. Let me look this up again. Let's go back to this method that they speak of, these two rules. Number one, never think about yourself. And number two, never think about anybody but yourself. So with that in mind, Kenton is bust out into the woods and is on his own. Straighter, who knows? One author that wrote this up says that Kenton looked back and saw Jaeger falling into the fire. My guess is they were standing there at the half-face shelter and Jaeger fell in the fire. And that was all Kenton needed to just run. Just enough to run. Interesting. That is something, I can tell you right now, that is something that did not come natural to Strader or to Kenton. Most people have in their limbic system of the brain this, what we refer to as the fight, flight, or freeze reflex or mechanism in their brain. Most people will just freeze in that situation. Imagine, it's dark, you can't see, squat. And all of a sudden, one of the guys in your party gets shot in the back and starts to fall in the fire. And instead of you just stand there going, what the heck is going on? You just go running off into the dark. That is a learned habit. Now, Jaeger, the guy that just got shot and fell into the fire, is the one that taught him to do that. There's no doubt in my mind. That's me adding my two cents in there, that's for sure feel pretty confident I can say that. Back to the book. Simon was alive as he cowered under some laurel bushes several miles from camp, but he was half naked, soaked, alone, without a gun, knife, or any of the necessities of life, chilled through, and as before, in another precipitous flight, barefooted. So this is uh, a reference back to when Kenton left his home and then went off into the wilderness by himself the very first time when he was a t only a teenager. And so that's that's what happened to him back then, and that's what happened to him again here. Very interesting history, Simon Kenton. We'll cover that at some point in time, too. 
But one of the things I wanted to make sure that I pointed out, and this is this. Okay. So I only have very limited information, but I wanted to share this from a, from a woodsman's survival perspective, Tracy Trimble and myself, my uh, wonderful co-host when we're together, we taught a class of survival for search and rescue this past summer for his search and rescue team, Wolf County search and rescue. And we had this class where it was summertime and the participants in the class had to work out of their, their regular search and rescue bag. So they had very limited supplies and a lot of the people ended up climbing up underneath of rhododendron bushes, the mountain laurel, if you will. And that's similar to the type of tree that, that what Kenton is uh, climbing underneath of. The reason this is significant in this time of year, the leaves are still going to be on. And so it's going to give him a certain amount of protection from the exposure of wind and rain and snow and whatever that was happening. But the, the reason I brought up this class with Tracy that we taught is that, and this is the only time I've ever noticed this, and I've asked several people about this, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those observations that I have and, you know, trying to go through the scientific method and trying to gather more data. I haven't been able to gather, gather more data yet. Is the people that stayed in the rhododendron bushes in this class that we were teaching did not have problems with mosquitoes. The rest of us who were outside the rhododendron bushes did. And so that's one of them things. If you have knowledge on that, then share it with me because I would love to know. I don't know if that was just by happenstance that it happened that way or if that's a thing. But nevertheless, it has nothing to do with this particular case with, with Simon Kenton. I just want to share it with you now because it's, it's uh, good stuff. So, again, he cowered under these laurel bushes. He didn't have anything. He, I mean, nothing. He's barefooted. Here's the next part in the book. And here there was no one whom he could ask for help. A whole party of Indians was searching for him, just as the sheriff and his posse must have done, and that's again a reference to earlier in his life. In the early dawn, Simon cautiously set off to the spot where he and the others had agreed to meet if anybody tried to rush the camp, and there he met young Strader. So this is a really common thing for frontiersmen, to have rendezvous points. Anybody that has a tactical mindset should also have this same concept. I think from a survival perspective, you can apply this to disaster readiness. If something were to happen and you're at work and your kids are at school and your spouse is at work too, and you can't get back to your house, where's the rally point? Where do you all meet? You know, that's, that's something you should probably work out, something worth considering. In this particular case, him and Strader had a particular spot that they were going to meet if something ever happened like this and they needed to meet up, which is fantastic planning. Back to the book. There was no sign of Jaeger, and they agreed that he must have been killed instantly. They had one desire now, to get out of the great Kanawha Valley. They were semi-clad, without food, without arms or equipment. They didn't dare go near the camp, for the Indians might be waiting for them to try it. Nor did they dare follow the great Kanawha, because that also might be watched. So they set off, clad each in a long-tailed shirt and nothing else to make their way back to the Ohio. Oh, you all, I'm telling you, they are a long way inland from the Ohio River. I don't exactly know where, and, and I tried to discover the mileage and could not come up with it. Suffice it to say, and you'll understand why I know this here in a minute, they are a long way away from the Ohio River. Most of the time back then, people would utilize rivers and creeks and streams and such 
as the guiding point of travel. Where we have roads now, obviously there, back then they didn't have these roads, very few. They would have foot travel trails and they might have a buffalo trail that they followed to give them uh, an opportunity to get into an area. But more often than not, when they were cross country, they would travel by these waterways, either traveling on them in a canoe or a flat bottom boat or something of that nature, or at least using them as a handrail. If you don't know what a handrail is, we talk about this, uh, Tracy and I talk about this in our third book, in my third book, his first uh, Essential Wilderness Navigation, where you use a terrain feature and you basically, let's say you step off of it 50 yards, but you still walk along the river, just not right on it. Because those that are seeking a funnel to take advantage of people coming down or going up the river will be on the river. And so you stay off of it and you can avoid danger and stuff of that nature. And But you still utilize the river as the guiding mechanism for your travel. It's called handrailing more than anything else. Back to the book. It took them six days to reach the Ohio. They had nothing to eat but twigs, old acorns, and skunk cabbage sprouts, all of which disagreed with them alarmingly. They suffered severely from exposure and badly cut feet, and Strader wanted to give up and die. Simon, having once learned that when he strove with all his might for something he got it, drove himself and Strader on. Again, this is another reference to when Simon Kenton was running from the law because they thought he had killed a man. And I'll cover that in another podcast some other time. The forest that had so richly supplied them with food and clothing and warmth and shelter and furs to sell was now a wasteland that rejected them. Now think about it. What's the difference for these guys? Why is there such a difference? They had everything they could possibly need. And now they didn't really have anything. This is why we teach at Nature Line School. It's a puzzle with four pieces in it. Mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. These guys had the mindset, or at least Kenton did for sure, the tactics where you work with others, maybe not so much because they had depended upon greatly upon Jaeger who had supplied them with a lot of knowledge. Skills, they had the skills. They've been out there for over a year now. Okay, They had the skills. There's no doubt these two guys had the skills. Now the gear is the other piece. For guys that really knew how to make their way and live off the land for over a year, one of the things that's missing here is their gear. So think about it. You can't be wholly dependent upon any four of those puzzle pieces. You've got to utilize all of them. They're all vitally important. But Simon could not give up and kept finding reserves of toughness that he had not known he had. When he and Strader finally came out on the banks of the Ohio, they were rescued at once. A surveying party under Joel Reese just happened to be passing along the Ohio about six miles above the mouth of the Great Kanawha when they saw the two tattered, emaciated figures stagger out of the woods. Simon's blonde hair showed that they weren't Indians. After emergency measures during which the refugees broke down and wept because their rescuers wisely wouldn't give them as much to eat as they wanted, they finally got back in shape. Strader then left the frontier for good. Simon couldn't go back, so he was credited with a staunchness he might not have deserved. Interesting way of writing it up there. So again, at this point in his life, Simon Kenton, not to dig too deep in another segment that we'll do at a later date, 
he thought he had killed a man and couldn't go back home. He, matter of fact, he had given himself a different last name than Kenton at this point in his life. His last name was Butler at this point in his life. So he did not have the luxury of going back home and living with his family. He's on his own. And he's going to be on his own for the rest of his life for the most part. I think this alludes to another indicator of how valuable mental fortitude is in personal survival. Whether that's short term or long term, like we're listening to here, uh, considering Simon Kenton. Mental fortitude is vital. Again, I'll say it again. Mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. Mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. I've been criticized by some for dedicating five chapters in my first book to mindset development. The more I hope that I share with you all from history and from modern day, you realize why that is so important. It definitely is a key component of being able to make survival happen no matter what the situation is. So with that said, thanks for joining me. This has been part two. We'll dig into another historical gathering at some point in time. I've got several that I'm considering. Hey, which one sounds good? Totally, totally shameless plug here for the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Do it. Do it now. That's the best way to do it. And uh, make sure that you share it with your friends and family on social media. Share it with your enemies on social media. Share it with everybody you know through an email or something, just get the word out. We really appreciate it. We need to get the word out as much as we possibly can. And we just, quite frankly, we just can't do it without you. So we really appreciate everybody that's already done that. And thank you so much. Check out the sponsors in the area below this uh, podcast where you're seeing this. And that way you can get in on those that are supporting us already. There's all kinds of great deals. We're finding everything that we're trying to do. We're trying to find suppliers that will supply and get you the listener a discount and that way if you have interest in getting certain pieces of gear then uh, obviously they're either going to give us a part of it or they're going to pay us money straight out to be sponsors and so yeah with that said anything you can do to support we're appreciated if it needs to be free then subscribe and share if you got a few bucks then get on anchor you can support the podcast with a five dollar donation a month Boom, done, love it, appreciate it. Lots of people doing this and greatly appreciate the fact that it's happening. And uh, otherwise, check out the sponsors and we appreciate you greatly. As always with Nature Life School, come on, join in. Let's learn together. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blinds School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. 
Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.